Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? There we go. There we go. Now I can, now I can see you guys, but you probably couldn't see me. Hey, how's everybody doing? Let's do that one more time. All right, well, this half, this half was excited the first time, and this half the second time. So maybe let's both, how are we doing this morning? Yeah, that's better. There we go. Uh, hey, before we get into the word this morning, I've just got something I need you to know. Uh, next Sunday at 5 o'clock, we've got a newcomer's dinner. Uh, and so I want to just make it clear who this is for, because some people are like, well, I'm not necessarily a newcomer. I've been a few times. I've been a handful of times. Um, this is for anyone who's uh, looking to find out more uh, about refuge. Maybe you got some questions. Maybe you're curious how to serve on a team. Uh, maybe you just have questions. You're like, hey, I really would like this answered. Maybe you're just looking to get some free barbecue, all right? Here's the deal. If you've never been to a newcomer's dinner, this is for you, all right? Uh, if you're not sure whether this is for you or not, uh, this is me saying it's for you. If you've never been to one, it's for you. So here's what this looks like. We'll play some games. Uh, we'll have some fun with everybody. We're going to eat some great food, and we're going to learn a little bit about one another. You guys get an opportunity to learn a little bit about Refuge Church as well. We just need to know who all will be there so we can get everything in order. If you're interested in coming, uh, if you're someone who's never been to a newcomer's dinner, all you need to do is text BBQ to 405-777-4637 by RSVPing. That way, we'll make sure we got everything ready to go for you. Uh, everything's gonna be set up. Uh, it's gonna be a great time. Uh, it's always gonna have some laughs uh, and some hard questions. All right, it's gonna be a fantastic time. So if that's you, text BBQ to 405-777-4637. But today, we are starting a new series entitled, I Do. For the next four weeks, uh, we're going to be looking at the topic of marriage. Now, before we even get into uh, marriage, I know that some of you are sitting there going, uh, I'm not married. Uh, I do not have a significant other. Uh, uh, and maybe, you're, maybe some of you guys are sitting there saying, uh, if, if you desire to get married, this is exactly the series you need, right, to lean in. Uh, because it's a lot easier to know and to put things into practice before uh, you get your feet to the fire, so to speak, all right? Uh, and if you're, in, if you're married, that helps too. Or maybe some of you guys are like, I'm not married. I have no desire to get married. These are going to be skills that we get from the Bible that are going to be helpful to everybody regardless of the stage of life. going to be tools to help you flourish. Flourish in a marriage and also flourish individually. Now, to the married people in the room, uh, you might be thinking, uh, nope, not single. I'm already in this mess, right? <laughs> like I'm already in this mess that is marriage. Uh, you might be thinking, uh, I've been married over 20 years. I don't need to hear this. I got it all together. Uh, and I can look at you honestly and say uh, to both of those people that I believe God has more for your marriage. He has more for you. Uh, if it's a mess right now, uh, he can get your marriage out of the mess that it's in. If things are going well, uh, don't settle. Maybe, uh, let's just say hypothetically, I don't think this is true, uh, that your marriage is maxed out. It is full. It is overflowing, incredibly life-giving. Uh, just let me tell you this, there are people in this room who need you to pour into them, okay? So if you're single, this series is for you. If you're married and things are a mess, this series is for you. If you're married and things are going good, this is for you. And I can tell you that confidently, I can tell you confidently, this series is for you because this isn't a collection of talks where I'm going to share my opinion on marriage. Uh, we're going to be looking at what Scripture has to say. We're going to be looking at what God's Word has to say, and God's Word will not return void. And so I want us to get our hearts ready to receive what God has for us today. If you everybody do this, just put your arms out, 
your palms up, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just remember that God is just as near as the air you're breathing. Let's pray. God, today, would you guide us closer to you? Uh, help us help our minds to put away uh, the frustrations of this past week. Help us to put away the distractions of the coming week. We want to fully focus on you. Uh, we come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. Fill us up as only you can. Holy Spirit, move in here today with power. We believe that in advance. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so our text for this series, uh, I want to be clear, this is coming from the Bible. It's going to be Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. Uh, we're going to read this every week. Uh, it's 12 verses. I'm going to go through these real quick, and then we're going to look at some specific verses today uh, to get there. So uh, if you're following along in the Bible app, all these are going to be there and ready to go. If you're not, uh, just listen up. We're going to get through these verses together. Right? It says, and further, uh, I want to pause there and remember, I want you to remember that it says, I got two words in and I'm already stopping. That's not a good sign, y'all. And further, we're going to look at what was before this here a little later. So uh, there's a part that pre, there's a prerequisite to this, but it says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, right, I didn't even finish that sentence and I got to stop again, right? I was actually going back. I said for wives on accident. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's uh, some people that take these next few verses and really try to make it where it's one side against the other. It's like, well, hey, I'm the authority and I got this and you gotta bend to my will and it's all about me. Uh, And it starts by saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if if something like, that's a sticking point for me down here, right? If the Bible has a sticking point, uh, the Bible doesn't change, we have to change. But I wanna be clear that it says it's mutual submission. That's where it started. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. Uh, As Christ submits, as the church submits to Christ, so wives, you should submit to your husbands in everything. All right, that was for the ladies. Husbands, this is your part. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Uh, we're going to look at marriage today from uh, this series, really, from a different perspective. Uh, a lot of people, when they think about marriage, they want to focus on love and the feelings, right? And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to give our attention to some beliefs uh, because your beliefs are going to determine your behaviors. 
Uh, we're going to look specifically at what we believe about these areas that commonly drive wedges into marriages. So uh, according to a survey that was released in August, these are four common reasons uh, for divorce. Uh, and here we go. These are going to be our next four weeks, by the way. This is what we're going to be going through. Uh, lack of in- intimacy and infidelity, all right? At the end of the month, the kids are not going to be allowed in here. It's about to get weird, y'all. We're talking about sex and church, okay? Uh, that's got a few weeks there. Uh, lack of intimacy and infidelity. We're going to talk about a lack of support, uh, financial security, and then conflict. That's what we're going to be talking about today, conflict. It says that those four areas, uh, where it's what we're going to look at, what the Bible has to say about those four areas. We want to, to bulletproof uh, your marriage, not by using uh, tips or, or life hacks, but by seeing what God's word has to say about these areas. I believe God wants you to have a strong marriage. Uh, you might be thinking about calling it quits in your marriage. I, know, I just know uh, that that's something that I believe somebody in here is like thinking, I just don't know if it's worth it. Like your marriage is there, but it's just hanging on by a thread. And I don't want you to hear me on this. Calling it quits is not the right answer. There's a lot of people that believe their marriage will be better if they just found the right person because they don't think they are with the right person at this moment. Uh, and, and that is not the solution to find the right person, the right person. I'm gonna give a little disclaimer here before I go any further. Uh, if your spouse is abusive to you or your children, it's time to leave uh, for you and your family's safety, okay? Uh, if you need help figuring that out, where to stay, we wanna help you, we can do whatever we wanna do, whatever you, we can do to help you, we wanna be there. Fill out a card, tell me, send an email. I just wanna be clear. Uh, if an abusive situation is not what we're talking about here. If you're stuck in an abusive relationship, the first step is to remove yourself from that. So please don't hear what I'm about to say and say, think I'm stuck. The different set of rules when the law is being broken, okay? Now to every other relationship, your marriage is not going to be better if you just find the right person. A different person is not the solution. I want you to think about it this way. Um, when a car is out of alignment, uh, its tires are going to wear unevenly. It, its tires are gonna wear unevenly. Getting new tires won't fix that problem. You're gonna have the same problems with the new tires, right? You've got to get in alignment so that those new tires or the tires you already have are going to wear evenly. I think many people think, many married people think, if I just found a new mate, my problems would go away. That's not the answer. If, if husbands and wives, if Christian, if kingdom husbands and wives expect to draw on their heavenly blessings, we have to align with what God's design is for the family. So what if, instead of focusing on uh, maybe your partner's shortcomings or uh, you focused on being the husband or wife that God called you to be, aligning with his values? I'd be willing to bet if you did that for you, it would change more than just you. It would change your marriage. And so today there was so much we can focus on from Ephesians 5, but I want to focus on that last verse, right? And so before we throw it up there, there's a part where it says, uh, husbands, if, if you're a husband or a male, you're gonna help me out with that word that's in yellow. Uh, and then there's a part that says, wives, if you're a lady, you're gonna help me out with that part in yellow. We get it, got it, got it? All right, let's go. All right, so we're gonna read this. So again, I say, each man must. Gentlemen, we could do better. <laughs> we could do better. That was... That was pretty weak. It sounds like all the ladies are doing the talking when we do that, all right? Gentlemen, let's try that again, all right? So again, I say, each man must, it's better, his wife as he loves himself. Each man must love his wife. This is the, the synopsis of this passage here, verse 33. 
And, all right, ladies, be ready. And the wife must, her husband, they got it on the first time. I don't know about y'all, but the ladies are winning it right now. Uh, according to this passage, uh, and this is condensing it down, husbands, what's your job? It is to love your wife. According to that passage, wives, what, what is your job? It is to, uh, what is your role in this? It says to respect your husband. And it, and it started out in verse 21, that very first verse we read, it said, submit to one another. And then it had, had a, he asked, why? Why are we going to submit to one another? Out of reverence for Christ. The first focus is to submit to one another because you love and respect Jesus. We're going to submit to one another. It says, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. And that sounds really good, right? Like, it's a, it's a loving and respecting, like, ecosystem. Like, that's what we want. That sounds like a good deal. Until there's some conflict, right? There's some friction in the relationship. Uh, conflict being one of the biggest reasons that's cited for divorce. Uh, when there's conflict or friction in a relationship, that's what happens when there's not mutual submission. That's when there's little love from the husband and little respect from the wife. And so that sounds good, but when that happens and it's not, it's, that conflict happens and there's not love and there's not respect, we have to figure out how to have conflict in a way where when we butt heads, we don't grow apart, but we actually grow together, grow deeper together. According to that same study that gave these reasons for divorce, if it was zoning in on conflict, it said the top four areas that they have conflict uh, in any marriage, uh, career choice, parenting, division of household labor, uh, that's called chores, right? <laughs> that's what, uh, division of household labor, and then relationships with family. Career choices, parenting, division of household labor, uh, relationships with parenting, uh, with family. Uh, and so I want to be upfront with you. Uh, my wife, Kelsey, and I have never had any conflict over career choices, parenting, division of household labor, or relationships with family. Now, we're like, we're like Globo Jim, if you've seen the movie Dodgeball. We're better than you, and we know it. No, hey, I'm joking, I'm joking. Hey, here's the deal. We have had conflict with every single one of these, right? At different times, every single one of those has been a conflict. Career choice, yep. Right. Parenting, yep. Uh, division of household labor, yep, right? In-laws and outlaws, yep, right? Like it's there. You are going to have conflict in your marriage. A marriage, it says that it's two becoming one. A marriage involves two broken people coming together to be one. Conflict is going to happen. The goal isn't to avoid conflict. The goal is to use conflict to have a deeper understanding and a greater relationship with your spouse. And if you know that there's going to be conflict, you need to set some ground rules on how, how to fight fair, right? Um, I got all these movie quotes today coming to me, but you know, it's even in Anchorman, before they have their fight, they lay out some ground rules, right? No touching of the hair face, and that's it. They have ground rules before they fight. And we need ground rules because we all have our emotions and there are moments where our emotions get the best of us. Uh, I think we've all had those moments where in the heat of an argument, we've said something that we had no intention of saying. In those moments, as soon as it leaves our mouths, we wish we could take it back. We say hurtful things, but because we would rather be right and win an argument, we'd rather be right than be in a relationship, uh, we let that conflict escalate. Let's read verse 33 again. It says, so again I say, each man must love his wife and the woman must respect her husband. 
when you're having a conflict with your spouse, it's crazy how quickly those two things get thrown out the door. Zero love, zero respect happening in that conflict conversation. And that's why this is such an important conversation to have. Uh, when that type of belittling, disrespectful, unloving conflict happens between a husband and a wife, it hurts so much more than if that ha type of conversation happened with any other person on the planet. Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. If this was a stranger who you had a belittling, disrespectful, unloving conflict with, if it was a stranger, you'd think, that person doesn't know me, they don't love me, like, we're gonna go our separate ways and do our own thing. But when those type of conflicts happen between two people who uh, know each other deeply, right, and are close, they put a ring on it, right? They love one another. That person's words carry a much greater weight, okay? So here's some helpful tips to use in life when you have conflict, some, some, some ground rules, rules of engagement, or maybe some boundaries that would be healthy to have. Uh, don't fight about each other. When there's conflict, don't fight about each other, fight the issue, Right? You ever had one of those conversations where you're, you're having, uh, I said conversations, a debate where they're talking about this, and you're talking about this, well, what about this, right? Well, that's not what we're talking about, right? Fight the issue, don't fight other issues. Uh, don't bring up the past. Again, focus on the issue currently in front of you. And then uh, I think this is another part that's really important. You don't need to share this with anybody else. You don't need to gossip about your spouse to others. Focus on the issue at hand. Don't bring up the past. Fight the issue, not the person. And I think those are all good uh, advice. I think those are good uh, little nuggets of wisdom. They're, they're good tips and, trips, tips and tricks to follow. Um, they're good as long as you follow them. And it's easy for us right here, right now, at least I hope, I don't know how you walked into this room. Maybe you and your spouse were fighting when you got donuts this morning, right? They took your donut cup. But maybe it's easy outside of the heat of battle to say, I'm going to keep my cool. I can handle it. And then you get into the heat of the battle and it's like, you know what? The gloves are coming off. I'm throwing haymakers. So I'll tell you, don't fight each other. Fight the issues. Don't fight other issues. Stay focused. Don't bring up the past. Focus on the current situation. Those are great practices. But it puts the full burden of making that happen on you. It all rests on your shoulders. It all is up to you to keep your emotions in check. It's not that those things come out. The full burden for you to do those things is on you. And that is not something I see in the Bible. I don't see Jesus putting heavy burdens on us. He actually said the opposite, right? He says, come to me for my burden is light and my yoke is easy. My boys, uh, they have a split responsibility. One of them does the, the food for our dog, Blitz, and one of them does the water. All right, and so... Um, this is, I'm trying to not be reactive just telling this story because this is like a recurring theme in our house. Uh, and so when one of them, he fills up the, the water bowl, uh, he'd fill it up and it, like the bowl's, you know, maybe about that big and he fills it up like maybe halfway, maybe a third. It's not very full. And I'm like, bro, you realize that like the less you put in there, the more often you're going to have to, to do that. It's gonna get dry and you're gonna do it. Just take the time right now to fill up the cup to the top. Um, now I have a child carrying this big bowl of water uh, that's filled to the top, I don't know, maybe 15 feet from the, the sink to the spot where it goes, right, right around the corner. It does not matter how much coaching I give. Hey, go slow, 
Bend those elbows so you've got a little give. Walk, you know what? Just walk slower. Keep it, keep it level, all right? Keep it level. And I'm, I mean, this is like, you'd think that I'm lying here, but I probably, like, one time he, he's doing it, he's like, going slow. And then I'm hitting him with the positive encouragement, right? I want to be a good dad. I don't want to fill him up. Hey, you're doing good. What happens? He looks at me and stops. And it stops all the splash, all that inertia of the water just goes up, immediately starts spilling water. Uh, and it's like a recurring thing. If history is any indication, it does not matter how much instruction or encouragement I give. If they fill that bowl all the way up to the top, it's going to spill out. It's too much of a burden for them to carry without spilling. Like, it's just going to happen. One time we got all the way there, and it was right here, and they went, and spilled like half of it right where the water goes. Now, why do they spill water? And you could look at the, the practical reasons. Yes, it's too much to carry. Yes, they're, they're young, they're learning. But why do they spill water? It's actually pretty simple. They spill water because water is what's in the bowl. Right? If there was root beer in that dog bowl, they would spill the root beer. Whatever is inside the bowl is what gets spilled. When we have conflict, the reason those tips and techniques don't work all that well is because that's focusing on not spilling anything. Keep it in. Don't let it out. God doesn't want us to hide what's inside of us. He changes what's inside of us. So our hope is not in our discipline. Our hope is in God. Uh, and when we said we we're going to look at that verse, it said, and further. Here's the, here's the part that it said, and further for, right? The part that was right before the passage we just read. It's Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, a picture it's comparing and contrasting. If you fill your life with alcohol, your life is going to look different. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like, like you're going to talk a little different, right? Speech is going to be a little slurred. Uh, your discernment is going to be a little different. I can jump that far. I can make it. Right? Like you're going to make poor decisions. Uh, the way you walk is a little different, all right? If you're drunk, if you're filled with alcohol, you are going to look different. Things are not going to be the way they normally are. But Paul says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, here's what's cool. When you're filled with something, it's going to change you. Filled with alcohol is going to change you for the worse. When you are filled with the Spirit, here's a, you are going to talk differently. Your discernment is going to be different. You're going to walk differently because the Spirit of God is moving in your life. Uh, you know, in, in Bibles, it often has a, a description or for the paragraph or the section beneath it. We first read Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. And in my Bible, that was entitled Spirit-Guided Relationships, Husbands and Wives. Spirit 
guided relationships. See, God knows we can't do it alone, and that's why he gave us his spirit. If you want to have a flourishing marriage, you need the spirit of God active in your marriage. Active. So when it comes to conflict in your marriage, you aren't looking for techniques to keep you from blowing up. Think about my son. Just It's not about bending the knees. It's not about going slow. It's about what's in the bowl. It's about what's it filled with. So that when you spill, when you have those conflicts, what spills out of you is love. What spills out of you is respect for your spouse. So you are looking uh, to let God move and change you from the inside out. And what's really cool is that as you allow God to move in your life personally, some of those techniques and tips and tricks will naturally start to appear. Not out of some sort of veiled attempt to make peace, but out of the overflow of what God is doing in your life. Now, I'm aware that, that following the Holy Spirit to move in your life, that some of you guys, it feels like that's a bit daunting and overwhelming. Like, what does that even look like? And like, I just wanna be clear, uh, there are a lot of things that that could look like. But I don't wanna overwhelm you. I don't want following Jesus. I don't want to have a Holy Spirit, a spirit-guided marriage to seem like that's too much for you. I just wanna give you one step. I have one step one next step for everybody in here today. And I promise you, if you do this one step, it will bless your marriage. We've got a few volunteers who are gonna pass out uh, some little journals. You guys go ahead and get going on that. Uh, there, it's, it's just a simple, just kind of, it's a cheap journal from Amazon. There ain't nothing special about this, all right? But it's just a simple journal with some blank pages there. Um, and these are going to be a helpful tool that I believe God is going to use to grow you in ways that you didn't even know about. So if you're single, I want you to grab one. If you're married, I want you to share one uh, as a couple, okay, as a couple. So if you're single, go ahead and get one. If you're married, I want you to share this with your spouse. And then here's the challenge. Here's the, the one step I want you to do, I want you to take so that you can have a Spirit-guided marriage. So that when those conflict happens, when that, when that thing spills out of what's inside of you, it's not reactivity, it's not anger towards your spouse, it's not frustration, that love and respect and that grace and mercy spills out of you, not because of you, but because God, the Holy Spirit, is filling you with his characteristics the fruit of the Spirit. And so here's what you're gonna do uh, with this little journal. Everybody hold this up for me. If you got one, I want everybody to hold it up loud and proud, all right? All right, thank you, thank you. All right, put them down. I wanna make sure everybody got one. You're gonna write out uh, a prayer for your spouse every day in that journal. I want you to pray for your spouse in that journal you just held up. You're gonna write it out word for word. If you're couples, right, you're gonna share that. Your spouse is gonna see what you wrote because they're gonna write in that same journal a prayer on that same page, right below it, right on the next page. Depends on how lengthy some of y'all get. All right, I wouldn't go more than one page, that's a lot. All right, uh, they're gonna be like sitting there reading. Hey, 
we want to do this every single day. Prayers don't have to be long. They don't have to be elegant. From the heart. I want you to pray for the things that you know are happening in your spouse's life. Uh, for example, for me, I know that my wife, my wife's a teacher, she has parent-teacher conferences this week. Not a huge deal. Uh, things should go smoothly. I'm gonna pray to that end. I still want to pray for her that things will go well. I want God to move. And I want her to know that I'm not only aware of what is happening in her life, but I'm asking for God to provide for her in her life. Now, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I'm not sure what I should pray for my spouse. It's time to find out. <laughs> Guys, be real. You need to ask. Ask what they're stressed about. Ask what's going on. What's happening? What's going well? What's not going well? You need to have that kind of relationship. It's a marriage is not two people cohabitating. The Bible says it's two people becoming one. All right? And I want to remove as many barriers as possible for this to happen. So, hey, you got journals for everybody here. There's a pin in every single chair. I want you to take that refuge pin, write a prayer in this journal every single day for your spouse. Uh, and I know some of you guys, you're starting to think about, like, if I write it out, uh, could I... Don't write down a prayer that you wouldn't say out loud. I've seen how some of y'all talk. Some of y'all ain't going, dear Heavenly Father. Like, that ain't, that ain't how you talk, right? This is God the Father. Just, just be real. Be open. What's on your heart? Be yourself and go to God on the behalf of your spouse. If things aren't going well in your marriage right now. There's not a lot of love or respect I promise you this is gonna change things. Maybe not instantly. It's hard to be calloused to a person you're praying for every single day. Uh, praying for your spouse might be something you already do daily. Take it to the next level. Put it down on paper so that they can see, I'm praying for you. You're not alone. I'm with you. It might just change your marriage. There's... Uh, a lot of different stats floating around, so I'm gonna round up the, to keep some credibility here. It's numbers that I saw actually say it's lower than this, but the divorce rate for couples that pray together under 5%. When you let God put things together, he tends to keep them together. What I want you to do is pray for your spouse every single day and write it in this journal. If you're here and you're single, I don't want you to feel left out. Uh, depending on where you're at, I want you to, to write a daily prayer for your future spouse. Maybe about the, the desire to marry, the qualities and attributes of that person, what they might be. Or maybe you're like, hey, I'm good, I'm single, life's good. <laughs> Why don't you pray about the people you're having some conflict with? Because uh, we all have those people. Wherever you're at, I just believe that the more we seek God to move through prayer, the more we will see his hand move. So before uh, we sing, we're gonna sing one final song. I want to call everyone in here to prayer. If your spouse is in here, I want you to take a moment and to, to pray with them, just to pray for them. If you're alone, I want you just to pray for yourself, pray for your spouse, pray for your future spouse, pray for the person that you have conflict with. I want you to take a moment and invite God to move in your marriage, future marriage, in that situation, that, that person you have conflict with. 
Uh, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let Joe just strum on that guitar for a little bit. And right here, right now, I want you to take a moment and to seek God. Pray with your spouse. Pray alone, whatever you Pray that God would move in your life. Take a moment do that right now. You guys may be seated. Um, if I see one of these in here, I'm going to find out who left it, and I'm going to smack you with it. All right. <laughs> hey, I, I think it's important uh, to invest in your marriage. Make this a priority. Before you go to bed tonight, write that first prayer for your spouse.